2: Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy, and I'm Tara. On today's episode, it is a fan fiction four play edition with a very special guest. Wendy, take it over.
3: We have on our uh four play, fan fiction four play segment today mm. the very well-known, respected author and my good friend for many, many years, Linda Christ. Welcome to the show, Linda. Hey y'all. Thanks hey. for having me on coming to us live from texas yes thanks for being here we are yeah i
1: think i've known wendy for about 20 years 25 years yeah (laughs) i think you're right yeah i think
3: you're right how did how did we meet linda you uh you came to a meetup we had xena fan meetups in dallas yeah
1: we ours was at sue ellen's i remember it was me and you and a couple of our friends that we're still friends with today and a few others that have kind of fallen by the wayside and we met up at um, it was the local lesbian bar Sue Ellen's, and I remember we were all so shy that at the time just we just, looked at each other. We just kind of stared <laughs> at each other for about twenty minutes, and finally somebody broke the ice. And after that, we all became friends. But it, yeah, it's funny now um, with what all of us got into later. I think Michelle De La Rosa, who yeah, unfortunately has passed on. Hmm. Did you know and got into a lot of things in the Phantom? She was there at the time, and
3: I I couldn't um, even tell you who else was there that day. Was maybe Selena,
1: maybe, yeah, Selena, Jana Hutchinson. Oh,
3: yeah, Um, still people we we, we know today, and yeah, but none of us really said a whole lot. We were very shy fans, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, eventually, obviously, we got to know each other better Um, via road trips and fan get togethers and conventions, and Lord knows what. So, you were so you were in to Zena, did were you there did you become a fan at the very beginning or was it something you came into later like i came in probably towards the end of the second season and then had
1: to catch up were you there from the beginning yeah so i actually found the fan fiction before i found the show oh
3: i did not know um, this about
1: you so it was around Zena's second season and i i had i knew what Zena was i'd seen it you know flipping channels and Oh, there's that silly show. That <laughs> <laughs> was just my and, thought, yes. <laughs> and, um, but, but the way I found the fan fiction um, at that time, we had a bookstore here in Dallas called Crossroads Market. And um, it was great to have a, a gay bookstore, but it was really mostly focused on gay men rather than lesbians. And, There were maybe a couple of shelves of lesbian fiction in the back of the store, and um, I'd kind of exhausted what was on their shelves. And Mm. so we had just gotten the Internet at work. At that time, I worked for a really small law firm, and our managing partner basically told us, I don't care what you do on the internet on your own time as long as you're not playing on it during work hours. So it was, it was this new thing, and people were staying after work and playing on it because it was just like Christmas, you know. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So I thought, well, I wonder if there's anything good to read online. And there was no Google. There was a search engine called Alta Vista. So I went on, and I just did a query for lesbian fiction, and all these xenocytes came up. <laughs> And this was like 1998, probably. Um, it was about. Yeah. It was during. It was around Zena's right. mid second season. So uh-huh. I, I did the query, and um, I thought I'd done something wrong. <laughs> so I <laughs> backed out, and I put the query in again, and it, all the Zena sites came up again. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what what does Zena have to do with lesbians? So you didn't computers. even know
3: that it had that reputation at that point? Yeah, right?
1: no, not at all. I mean, so I was. I really didn't even have much of a community then. Mm -hmm. Um, I had only been out to myself for about five years before the show started. I mean, well, I knew, but Mm -hmm. anyway, I I hadn't admitted I was gay until about five years before that. And pre-internet, it was kind of hard to find your people. So Mm -hmm. um, I was thrilled when I finally figured out that, all these stories on these sites were about lesbians Hmm. (laughs) and I started reading on a a site called the scroll of roses. And, um, some of the bards that were on that site at that time were like BL Miller and Ellen James and, um, Missy good. And, uh, several, several that are probably still pretty well known today. And Mm -hmm. the very first story I read was called heaven down here by Rebecca Hall. I remember that one. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too. Little segue. I, I met her for the first time a couple of years ago at Klexicon, I was just fangirling, <laughs> crying oh, when I met her because amazing. she changed my life with her story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after I read her story, I'm like, I have got to go watch this show. <laughs> and and then my you- very first, my very first episode was Return to Callisto, which. If you think about it at first, oh. you're like, yeah, well, Gabrielle marries a man. That's really not a great episode. <laughs> but there was that little kiss at the end of the wedding. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I'm seeing a little bit of what I'm seeing in these stories. It's enough and to then, keep me around. Yeah. And then when Zena knelt down in that moonlit gra- glade and prayed to the gods to keep Gabrielle's blood innocence, to keep her pure, you know. Mm-hmm. don't let that light in her face go out. I couldn't stand the darkness that would follow. Hmm. I just cried and was <laughs> a fan for life. So wow. that's how I found Xena um, through the fan
3: fiction. It is funny how there's that one episode that you watch. Cause I know I had that episode too, where you're like, okay, this is a show that I'm not only going to be a fan of, but I feel like this is something like more than just being a fan of a show. And right. next thing you know, you're tooling off to conventions. And- <laughs> so, um, so I assume from that moment on you were, you were hooked on Xena. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, had you written anything at all prior to like, cause I assume like watching Zena, we'll get into like what got you started, but had you done any writing at all before you started?
1: Yeah. I mean, not really, um, like fan fiction that I wrote for Zena. I, I have a journalism degree, um, from the university of Texas, and I had worked for a newspaper for a couple of years right out of school. Um, and always liked writing, even when I was a little kid, I'd write little stories and little picture stories and things, And um, but hadn't delved into really anything that I had put out there fan fiction-wise. I remember mm-hmm. way well, there back the there wasn't really a place
3: to put it before Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I
1: remember writing a little story about the show Sliders. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> sliders. I remember wow. Sliders. Yeah. I, and i I don't even know where what happened to that story. It's lost on some dead hard drive somewhere, <laughs> but um but yeah, Xena was my first big foray into this type of of writing.
3: When did you write your first Xena fanfic? How much
1: longer after you uh oh, you, you know i never I never really intended to write fanfiction at all like I loved reading it i read I read st- stuff every day at Tom's page, mostly mm-hmm. um. But then when Eyes of March aired at the end of the fourth season, I mean you know, Gabriel had gone through the entire season of uh, Peace and Love in the India Arc and um and so that scene where, you know, Calisto breaks in his back with a chakram and then Gabrielle Gabriel picks up that spear and kills the guard and then proceeds to just create a bloodbath oh, in the yeah. courtyard was so shocking. It was just hmm. shocking in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I remember i I taped it because I taped every single episode and I remember just watching that scene like five or six times in a row after the show ended you know after the episode ended and I was like I, I can't wait till September to see what happens <laughs> yeah, and I think i I think I started writing it that afternoon or maybe the next day because um, that's the writing. one they
3: they died at the end of that app right they were crucified yep yeah, yeah yeah they were
1: crucified and so i i Started writing a story called March the 16th. Um, mm-hmm. the very like probably that afternoon, I think, because I was really just I d- and once I, I still didn't know if I was going to post it, it was just going to be it's really just kind of started out as my thoughts of what I thought should happen, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a little short ditty just to keep me happy. And then mm-hmm. next thing I knew, it was eight chapters long, and um, <laughs> and I thought, thought, well, I'll I'll post it out there somewhere and see what happens. So I posted it to Tom's page and um, started getting feedback and just started writing from there, wrote you know several more novel-length Zena stories on that series after that. Um, it was really kind of scary, but big payoff. So
3: <laughs> was, did, was really- did you get feedback from that first story? Because like, I remember, I can't remember how it was in the day. I assume that people could leave comments or... Did they? Could they? And did you? They couldn't make
1: comments. They, but you had you could provide an email address. So I got okay. email. I had a Yahoo address, and so I got email at my Yahoo address um, from people that had read the story and got quite a lot. Um, I wasn't on any lists or anything at that time, so I didn't. I I wasn't really involved in the fandom too much um, until kind of late into. Well, my first fan event was a little tiny fan fest in New York in 1999. Oh, I
3: have heard the stories of that one, I think. Yeah. Maybe that was a later one (laughs) I've heard heard you talk about. Um,
1: Yeah, so that was really, I I think getting that feedback was my first sort of contact with other Xenites, really. hmm. Um, Other than feedback I had sent, you know, when I had read stories. Mm -hmm. And so... I
3: guess that, you know, promote, you said you started writing more fan fiction. You kept writing yeah. your fan fiction. When yeah. did, well, when did you go to your first convention? When did you f- fully get, cause I know you met up with us in Texas
1: and, and yeah. started getting to
3: know Xena fans and we all got to know each other there. But when did you go to your first big Xena convention? Like the big old the, LA?
1: Well, the first, well, the first big convention, if, if you don't mind, it wasn't really a Xena convention. It was Dragon Con. I, um, yeah. Yeah. So Dragon Con in 2000, um, which, you know, it was the, is about, that was the last year that Dragon Con was on 4th of July weekend before they moved it to Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because, um, the tickets for the big Xena convention for 2001 in Pasadena went on sale that weekend while we were Uh all at Dragon Con. But, um, yeah. So what happened, the way I ended up going to Dragon Con, um, Missy Good came on her, her list and said, Hey, I'm, running the Xena track at Dragon Con, and I need volunteers to be on panels. And she had different subjects. I can't even remember what I, all I signed up for, but something possessed me. I responded to Missy's post and said I'd like to be on a panel, and I don't know why I did that, because (laughs) um, I'm a huge introvert, and I don't like to speak in public. (laughs) But for some reason, I just thought I'm going to do this. So I went off to Dragon Con really not knowing anybody um, at all. I knew what Missy looked like and I knew what um Subek and a few other people looked like because I'd seen them at that little tiny fest that I went to in New York the year before. But I'd been so shy at that when I didn't even talk to anybody. Yeah. So <laughs> so the so I was standing in the lobby of the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta on Friday morning trying to figure out where to go. And I saw Missy and um Subek and T all walking together across the lobby. And so I just started really kind of stalking them. I just followed them through the lobby because I'm like, I, I bet they're going where I need to be. So, um, yeah. So I got to, I got to the panel room and we were filling out name tags um, to put on and I put my name. And then at the very last minute I thought, Oh, I think I'll put text bar on there too. So I put text bar in there. So I walk into this room remember I, I really literally knew not a single soul. And I walked into the room and I'm looking for a seat, and all of a sudden people start look, seeing my name tag, and they've been reading my stories and I, so I made a lot of friends so that was my first big one and then my first big xena zena convention creation convention was um it was in New York in like January February of two thousand one I think
3: isn't it amazing I will say as a side note as a fellow introvert like what something like Xena or something you get so invested in, like it is against my nature to fly cross country, to hang out with a bunch of people. I don't know, but I'm going to do it because you know, something just had, you just got to go. Um, right. and you became, you up know, you know, becoming friends with so many people, you know, through your writing getting to know people in the conventions and, um, and, uh, but what, so after you had been writing Xena fanfic and, and I know a lot of a lot of Xenophantic authors had started writing Uber characters. Some of them started getting published. What was your first Uber, and when were you first published? Or was or did you write Uber characters before you wrote like an original published kind of thing? Or was it the same story? Or it was the
1: same. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I can't remember exactly when I started writing it, but I remember these two characters kind of. I once again, I was really happy just writing Xena. I didn't really think I was going to write an Uber. Mm-hmm. But then these characters just sort of started coming to me, Kennedy and Carson and Bluest Eyes in Texas. And so I started kind of playing around with that idea. And I didn't really outline the whole story, but I did write a couple of paragraphs on, you know, the characters' backgrounds and, and all of that. And then just kind of started writing the story without a clear directive <laughs> in <laughs> mind and I was by that time I was on uh, this list called the Bard's Village which was probably almost 2,000 people um, uh, readers and writers and, and beta readers and you could post your your work in draft and and just kind of get a feel for it. did people like it and sometimes you get really good free editing <laughs> and stuff <laughs> so I started posting it there and then um Once I had a complete chapter, I started sending it to, uh, I think it was Mary D. by that time, because I think, yeah, it was, because Tom had quit taking fan fiction Hmm. at that time. So Mary D. was the first one that got Bluest Eyes, and then I think I sent it to uh, Academy of Bards a little after that. Um, So I I was posting it online and didn't really think about publishing it. the way that happened. Um, so back at that time, b- before Xena, well, really before the internet, there was really only one primary lesbian fiction publisher—a company called Nyad, um, which is out of business now. I think Bella Books is their is what they became after mm-hmm. they went out of business. A couple of those people formed Bella Books, but then out of the Xenaverse, we had three or four publishers that came up and were publishing the Uber stories. And so um I don't know if you remember a Bard called XWP Fanatic. I do. But um so she started a company called Fortitude Press. And they they actually approached me and wanted to publish Blue's eyes. So that's oh, how that happened. That's cool. They and came that with was you. Yeah, that was around 2001. Hmm. Yeah it was it was really kind of cool because I know today there's just so much more Um, competition and I I, you know I'm I don't even know if my my little story would have made it out there (laughs) today (laughs) but um
2: I I I wonder was Xena the first fandom to start publishing queer content I really that is I, I really wonder if Xena was the first fandom to inspire people to actually publish books
1: I I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually writing a chapter on that for Mary D's anthology right now. Um, awesome. So, so Xena, yeah, Xena was really the first large in, in, internet pre- well, first fandom with a large internet presence, especially that was had you know primarily lesbian and bisexual women. I mean, mm-hmm. not to not to dismiss our you know our straight allies and, and the men and everybody else our transgender friends and everybody that have come along but at that time there was really nothing else for us out there Zena was the first um online lesbian fan fiction i think which and i'm sure was a
3: lot of just timing you know Xena yeah it was blowing up right around when the internet
1: was hmm. really exactly going yeah. And so the first, I mean the first Uber books that were published were by um a company called Justice House that was started by some Xena people. And they the first three books were um I think Missy Good's Tropical Storm, Beaum mm-hmm. Miller's Accidental Love, and Sharon Bower's Lucifer Rising. Yep, read them all. <laughs> and 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 that's how all of that got started. And I really, I really have to say I I don't know what lesbian fiction publishing in general today would look like without that catalyst. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure it would have evolved into something more now than what we had in 1999. But um, but it's definitely, it, you can look at almost every one of the large publishers out there now. And if they weren't started by a Zenite, they've got Zenite sprinkled either throughout their production hmm. staff or their writing you know, their group of writers, um, even Bella that did not come out of Xena, you know, two of their biggest writers are KG McGregor and Jordan Redhawk, um, who came out of the Xena fandom. And hmm. uh it, Books, which was started by Radcliffe, Radcliffe was not a Xenite, but she did write an online uh, Scully, Dana hmm. Scully from X-Files fiction series. And I think it was paired with an original character. Um, and she kind of got well-known because the Xena fans found her stories.
3: Man, Xena just so, didn't get enough credit mm-hmm. for all, right? the, all exactly. the, uh, the fiction that it helped uh, st- promote and start. Yeah, it was writers f- that got their start. Filling a need. Yeah, exactly. like
1: the, the woman that runs her, um, I think, is in charge of her editorial staff is a good friend of mine, Cindy Cresap. And Cindy comes out of the, the Xena fandom as well. Hmm. So yeah
3: so how many books have or okay how many books have you published and are have you written a lot more well okay here's a i'm just lumping in a bunch <laughs> of questions so are you have like what three three books, three books published yes. uh galveston yeah. 1900 swept away uh-huh. um bluest eyes in texas and borderline uh-huh. Or yes. the you you've got. Are they all they're all different char- are they all different characters or some of the
1: characters No, um Borderline is a sequel to Bluest Eyes mm-hmm. and Galveston is a historical fiction mm. novel That's based fun. upon the 1900 hurricane that destroyed Galveston.
3: Are, do you have uh, other original stories that you have written but just
1: not published of
3: original characters? I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I you know, I I have I've been in a situation for the past 10 or 12 years where my job requires me to be at a computer nearly all day long. Mm-hmm. And so my my writing has really slowed down because by the time I get home, I just don't want to look at a screen anymore. But um, this is the first time I've really talked about this. I'm planning next year to self-publish. Um, two of my books are out of print right now, Bluest Eyes and, and Borderline are out of print. I've got another third novel in the Kennedy and Carson season, a, a series that has not been published. I've also got another historical novel about a pirate queen that has not oh. been published. <laughs> so um, so sorry, sorry. I'm, I've actually taken off about 10 or 12 days around the holidays, and my plan is to really focus on cleaning up those books and figuring out Amazon's self-publishing hmm. uh, platform. Nice, exciting. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have a scoop. I am um, I'm, I'm going to incorporate as a, a, a publishing company and um, mm. might have a couple of the other people right now who shall remain nameless who may come on board. please. Nice. <laughs> look at you first. going.
2: Good deal. Do you have a name for your publishing company yet?
1: I I do. It's mm. called Posse Press. Nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's. Uh, the the re- posse press um i'm uh, melissa good is one of my my good friends in the xena fandom and um there's several of us denise bird uh trish Kochelski, who writes fanfic um carol stevens who is a web mistress um she was the web mistress for the subtext virtual seasons uh hmm. Um, so we are all very good friends, the 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 five of us, and we started calling ourselves. The, uh, somebody started started calling us Missy's Posse at some point <laughs> <laughs> because at conventions we were all just together, mm-hmm. and so um, that's why I, I decided to call it Posse Press. I, I asked them first. I'm like, do you mind if I use the name of our group as the name of my publishing <laughs> comp- cool. publishing company? And they were like, sure. So. I have a little logo with the cowgirl and everything. (laughs) Oh, nice. Exciting.
3: Is there a place online that people can go to read some? Like, what's the best place to read whatever fanfic besides getting the books? Or you said some of them are out of print. um, Do you have like an overall website that you can find?
1: Yeah. um, I have it's textboard.com is my website. And, um, most of my stories are at the academy of bards and mary d's site and i've got a lot of that linked off of textbar.com and, and i've got it set up on there so that you can read the stories in chronological order nice
3: textbar.com we will post a link yeah. to that so people can find yeah, it. yeah and
1: i've got i've got some stories up on ao3 as well hmm.
3: speaking of ao3 uh, do you still write Zena fanfic? Also, are there other fandoms that you have become a giant fan of to the point where you have written for their characters as well? Or, yeah, or just so you like I, reading, you know, characters like reading? Yeah. So
1: I, I do still write Zena fanfic. Usually um, when I write those stories now, it's around um the Academy of Bards holiday specials for Valentine's and Halloween. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. Um, I've also written stories for um and Isles and Sanctuary and uh, Babylon 5. I have these are like pretty much one story each for these fans. One for mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Um I wrote a crossover for Stargate X-Files Sanctuary and the Honor Harrington series by David Weber. That's quite the crossover. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um that one's a lot of fun. The one that's gotten the most hits on Ao3 is the Rosolian Isles story, um, nah. which was really surprising to me. It's, I, I get a lot of feedback on that. Hmm. Um, there are a lot still. of good, passionate fans for Rosolian Isles. Yeah, yeah, that
3: was so a fun I get show. That. I get any that you read that you don't necessarily write for, but this other other fandom characters that have uh, piqued your interest. Mm,
1: not, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just randomly read a little every now and then, but I don't have like a series I'm following. I don't actually read a lot of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wrote a Captain Marvel one recently too. Oh, I about that. That's
3: fun. Yeah. With who? Captain Marvel and who?
1: Oh, Maria Rambo, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We like Maria Rambo. I didn't know
3: if there was like some other random like Black Widow or Maria Rambo.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Although I think, I think Valkyrie is going to have a, um, yeah, a girlfriend in one of the movies coming up. There you that's go. that's the rumor. Hmm. Hmm. Fingers crossed.
3: Well, I'd like to say that Kat is very disappointed that you've not stuck with Winona Earp. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd probably be writing some Winona Earp fic.
1: Oh, why not? You know, it's kind of funny. It's harder for me to write fic for shows where the lesbian relationship is canon.
3: Interesting. Oh. Mm. Inter- yeah, because like but even then- Zena, it was even though it was there, it was never explicitly laid out for you know yeah, yeah that's Sub- true yeah. that would, that would when they that's, put it on screen it might be harder to just let your own thoughts wonder what might be happening off screen that's
1: really interesting
3: that is a good
1: mm-hmm. yeah. well i, I feel kind of like that story's already being told in the show yeah mm-hmm. so i don't really have a desire to add to that hmm. but most of the stories that i've written the shows and movies that i've written fanfic for besides xena there is some small or large element of, of subtext to mm-hmm. the story, even if it's not canon. Well, and, and actually like Babylon five, they did establish, um, Susan Ivanova and Talia Winters, um, as a couple, but only after Talia had died. So. You fill in the um, gaps there. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Like, to, I wonder if that is a thing, like it's do do the, fandoms or do the characters that you see less of on screen inspire more fanfic than the ones where you're like yeah you're seeing like how much L word fanfic is there because the L word it's like their lives are like all the it is fanfic on screen you know unless you just want your character to go a different direction but like Mm. you know show where it's not explicitly put out there maybe it just inspires people to make up their own stories more Never even thought about Yeah, that. that's interesting. interesting. Yeah,
1: I kind of like wondering about the possibilities as opposed to what I actually see. I guess. Yeah,
3: that is a very fine that. point. I get that. I do too. Never you, thought about it.
2: What are you watching right now? Anything, Linda? Are you a fan of of any show that's currently on?
1: Um. So, currently, oh, I've liked so many things over the years. I think most recently, and and I think all of these shows are are not no longer on the air. Mm-hmm. But I loved Lost Girl. Um, oh yeah Rizzoli and Isles um Orange is a New Black Game of Thrones Downton Abbey um I'm really kind of obsessed currently do any of you all watch Steven Universe no no not oh no either. you just I was like someone just texted me about that it was you yeah it was me so, <laughs> no, it was you. <laughs> yeah Wendy and I have some friends that we've had this I think we've had this single text message <laughs> yes. for about five years yeah <laughs> but anyway, um so Steven Universe is a on the Cartoon Network and Hulu, the first four seasons are on Hulu. Hmm. Um, it was created by this woman. Uh, well, I should say woman, Rebecca Sugar. She uses both she, her, and they, them as her pronouns. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm going to adequately describe it. It's a show hmm. about these three aliens that are called the Crystal Gems. And they live on Earth and they're protecting the Earth from attacks by other hostile alien gems. And they're also protecting a boy named Steven, who is half human, half Jim. Hmm. And hmm. It's, it's just very clever. And they've worked in so much diversity. They've got um, gender fluidity. They've got a lesbian relationship. They even had a lesbian wedding in the last season. Wow. Um, there's a lot of girl power. There's biracial relationships. There's blended families. Wow. Wow. Um, a lot of self-acceptance and, and, and stories around allowing people to be themselves, um, friendship, teamwork. And it's very seamless. Like it Hmm. doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like they're sat around going, okay, how can we work in a biracial couple? (laughs) They just, they just, um, do it very seamlessly. And it's, it's very clever. It's, you know, they've got the level that's for kids, but there's also this whole other level that's very much more for, um, teens and adults mm, and uh, it's got it's got good music they just recently did a movie that was a whole musical movie um and each episode is only 11 minutes long so oh, <laughs> no. so it doesn't take that long to catch up on the whole series <laughs> and I've, i'm really loving it it's it's the first cartoon type thing i've liked in a long time that's cool um, i i've like heard about it i just didn't know what it was hmm.
3: Like at Comic-Con or something. I feel like I've Mm -hmm. seen panels about it, but I just didn't know. Sounds like a lot of fun. Hey, speaking of uh, TV and possibly controversial topics, (laughs) so let's uh, take a little turn into some current news. Mm. Hallmark, anyone? Yeah. Anybody with any thoughts? In case you've (laughs) lived under a rock and haven't heard the story, uh, Hallmark Channel aired uh, an ad... With it was basically a little thirty second story of two women getting married, right? Where they had a very chaste kiss at some point. I haven't even seen the commercial yet, but I've seen it, and it's it's the uh, I think it's Zola. Zola, it's a wedding w- a planning a wedding right? planning website, yeah.
2: And it's a very cute, very quick um, ad, and I guess this is one of many ads that Zola had on the network. And then uh, people saw it and they lost their freaking minds and the million moms, which
3: is. <laughs> Probably not one million, probably not all moms, but (laughs) that group (laughs) protested and Hallmark said, yeah, we're yanking it. And so now the backlash is going the other way with people, you know, a lot of boycott Hallmark, not much Hallmark,
2: which... Zola yanked all the the other ads. So now Zola Zola is like, screw you guys. Um, Yeah. So yeah. So what's your take, Linda, on all
1: this? Yeah, I was really sad because, uh, well, I thought... I thought it was kind of odd of Hallmark because they had been talking about going the other way and and possibly producing some movies with you know LGBT characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I when I saw that, I it, it's well it surprised me on a couple of levels. Part, partly because of that, but also because Million Moms is like Wendy said, they're not really a million. Um, as far as you can tell, there's only about four thousand people, I think, following their Twitter account,
3: mm.
1: and they're sort of like a joke. I mean, they're I mean they're a hate group. They're an offshoot of um, I think it's the American Family Association. That's nice. a they're an established hate group. I think the Southern Poverty Law Center deemed them a hate group. Mm. But one million Moms itself is as hate groups go, that <laughs> they don't they're kind of a joke. They're right. not, they don't um, have a lot
2: of power. One would. think. Yeah.
1: And they take credit for a lot of things that they didn't really do. Like you'll, you'll go on their website and you'll see a lot of things that they're happy about, but wasn't really because they were the main person, you know, the main group that made it happen. Um, but, but I thought after I thought about that, I was just like, you know, it, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. It's, it, is it really so difficult for you to, sit through a two second commercial or get up and go make a sandwich or whatever, (laughs) you know, why can't you just let this be? Why, why is this such a big deal? You know, I mean, it's, it's a very lovely little commercial and it's not, you know, all these movies are supposed to be about love and, and, and most of Hallmark movies end with, you know, a heterosexual couple kissing. So I don't know, you know, it's just crazy to me that, we're still in this place. And mm-hmm. I think Hallmark made a huge mistake because now they're kind of saddled with this. Even if they backtrack, um, it, they've lost our trust. You know, if they backtrack, they're just going to look like hypocrites. Yeah. So. <laughs> and they caved so easily. Yeah, 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 they really did. And I was just say,
2: very surprised. It's a very sort of this little minority group um, why would they why do they care i don't understand it like you said they had made a statement that they'd be open to featuring lgbt characters you know in upcoming productions on that network i'm just i'm really surprised how quickly hallmark caved to this little minority group of angry people
3: my thought is still they like they knew the ad was gonna run they were like let's see let's see what happens Mm. we're in this very obvious gay ad on hallmark we're in a entertaining the thought of doing you know gay characters on our films at some point possibly let's see uh, what happens with this commercial and it yeah. seems like just one group came out and started talking about it and they immediately said oh okay never mind
2: yeah i think that says a lot that they weren't actually ever going to feature I don't LGBT they characters they're mm-hmm. open to it meaning like yeah we're not going to say no because we don't want to upset people that but. <laughs> means we'll have
3: the gay sidekick maybe that you never see do anything other than yeah maybe maybe
1: Maybe this was their weird way of testing the water. I think it Um, was. I think it was.
3: And I think they, it didn't take much for them to to go the other direction. And especially when you get a group, even, I don't, you know, who knows? I don't know what they, how much they investigate groups like this or what they heard from other people, other sponsors, other this, but, you know, it's a hundred million moms supposedly- threatening Hallmark, which their audience, target audience, is probably 100 million moms, you know? (laughs) So it's not like they were protesting Nike. They weren't protesting CBS. It was Hallmark, which that's their target. So I think once... Any group even just called, whatever, 100 million, what is it? One million. One million, okay. One million? Yeah. A million moms, that would be, that would be substantial. Um, yeah, that, then I could understand. I think as soon as they saw a million moms, like, well, that's that's our audience. We, moms. Upset the moms. Uh, <laughs> we need the moms. Much less a million of them. Um, but yeah, I, every I, mom must feel like that, exactly. It just feels weird, too, that a company would go so... You know, unless they were just totally oblivious to the ads that were running and then they got a little grief from one group and then just said, Oh no, 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 so oh, we're so sorry to offend you. And I, I think their stance too is a lot of, you know, Hallmark's a safe place for my children to sit and watch TV and all of a sudden they see women kiss, and then I'm forced to explain to them why women are kissing. And you know, I that seems
1: like the always the yeah. attack they take with Yeah. Well, and uh, I think really I thought if they had just if they just let it be, you know those one million moms are not all going to stop watching their Christmas movies. No. <laughs> what else was they are they going to do on a Saturday night? night. <laughs> no. Yeah. They weren't jumping ship to lifetime. Yeah. So I, I, think that, I just think it's a mistake because, you know, I've, I've decided I'm not watching their movies, but I'm also not going to buy any more of their cards or go to their stores or buy their Christmas ornaments or I'm, I'm not going to give them my money in any way. You know, and I don't – I really – You know, I really don't like having to think about things like that, but I guess you have to. I mean, I kind of hate having to have a checklist of, you know, can't go to Hobby Lobby, (laughs) can't go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A, now I can't go to Hallmark. Um, I'm just kind of sad that we're still in this place where people just can't let people live and let live.
0: And it seems like Hallmark depends on a lot of licensing from places, you know, well, from star wars and a lot of the mm. things you know different <clears throat> genres they feature in their stores yeah and that they do depend on a lot of that marketing and it seems like some of those you know disney is a uh, should could really step up and say mm. you know we're going to pull our merchandise from your stores if you are going to
1: support Yeah, and like this. there are actors and actresses that yep. Yeah. in their movies like you know they're running the golden girls betty white i'm sure betty white's not happy about oh it's so. right you know there's, i don't know if betty white can do anything about it but no, no yeah mm-hmm. and, probably, yeah
2: you know of course she's gone but b arthur was a huge uh lgbtq advocate um yeah so yeah and and even there's some stars on their current programming who are who are are coming out to say, we don't you know we don't share the views of this network, and you know what a re- what a regretful thing for the for them to have done. Yeah. so they're not they're not getting a lot of support besides no. these, you know, eighteen or so angry women uh, who are <laughs> who are in this group,
3: yeah, and I can see that too. if if people that make movies, people that star in the movies, eh, they've you know well, it's
0: not a good look for them if they continue right. to, what if they
3: um to do, you know, to continue being in those movies? yeah if they if they start refusing to do them or f- start talking negatively about, i mean i don't know i think this is going to get bigger before it goes away yeah and also so i saw that
2: netflix on twitter is sort of you know taking advantage of this and they tweeted out hey guys lots of content on this network like you know <laughs> there's there's plenty of other, other places to well, go i bet lifetime
0: yeah it's a over. big opportunity for lifetime come on
2: lifetime yeah
0: step, step it up step yeah it
1: up. <laughs> yeah i think lifetime i can't remember the name of it unfortunately but somebody was on twitter saying hey lifetime has this movie over here tonight at the same time as this hallmark movie and it's got gay people in it so. <laughs> awesome well
3: has home has lifetime done any they haven't really done any either but now i bet they jump
1: all over it i bet they do i bet they get yeah, one they into production have- if they haven't already yeah they have holiday movies i i don't know if they're quite at the production level of Hallmark, they've made I some good Hallmark, ones in the past, but, but but they've got some pretty good things. Yeah, yeah.
3: no, they do have it. They just don't have that reputation that Hallmark does. And but now, if they see this opportunity, um, you know, they might start making some LGBT kind of themed films. Yeah, you know, might be their little, you know, because I, I have a feeling Lifetime and Hallmark Lifetimes like always kind of looking up to what Hallmark's got going on. Sure, so, yeah. yeah.
2: It's so maybe be interesting yeah, th- to follow. This time next year we'll be talking about yep. a lifetime uh queer movie. <laughs> Here's <laughs> yeah. hoping.
3: I mean it's interesting. Hallmark has this empire built on this their holiday movies and Christmas mm-hmm. and this and that. And then it's like it's where is it gonna go from here with you know who which which offended side will cost you more if they boycott you? I think it's what it's gonna come down to. Right. Yeah, and I know power. several
1: I know several lesbians personally that love watching the Hallmark movies. Uh, Some of the writers that write romance like to watch them. And so it's just kind of sad that here's this thing we can't have anymore. And
0: it's sad for all the moms that don't share those views because I know quite a few. I mean, I love the Hallmark movies. My best friend loves the Hallmark movies, too. And we'll call each other and say, did you see (laughs) this one? This is ridiculous. Or watch them together and laugh at how they all fall in love in one week and that you know that's a great message to show your kids uh, for one thing (laughs) but you know um yeah so it it is it's really disappointing and i think there are going to be a lot of moms out there that feel the opposite of those quote one million moms
3: yeah i think it's going to come down to like you said the the companies that work with hallmark the other companies that advertise on Hallmark uh that have the the items in their stores the actors the production you know direct, you know I don't know if direct I don't know the the big name actors that are associated with Hallmark you know and
0: i've seen that amazon commercial on Hallmark cuz i remember making a comment about it the the holiday amazon commercial where they're the, the two girls are at an airport or something and the, one jumps into the other's arms and they kiss yeah. in this commercial yeah. i remember saying oh my god they're playing that on Hallmark. I can't hmm. believe that. Yeah. They yeah. probably didn't realize then, it was a woman. <laughs> right. They <might laughs> <not>. Seriously, <laughs> they honestly, probably didn't. honestly they might not have. Um <laughs> so because that commercial plays everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've seen it a couple times. <laughs> right? so, I don't know. It's interesting what people pick up up on. It
2: is.
3: <sighs> well Linda. That was quite the. I'm glad we had this timely story to talk to you about. <laughs> yes. that, that, I mean, I'm glad not God it's happening, but at least you know it was interesting. It's an interesting topic for sure in, in this day and age of of where things are going. Uh, a couple yeah. of uh, lighter questions to to wrap up here. Um, what do you think the future of Xena holds? Do you think we'll get a movie? Do you think we'll get some sort of reboot ever? Circling back to Xena, obviously. Um,
1: um you know. So I'm kind of Switzerland on the movie i <laughs> i'm I, if they make something that I like, I'll watch it. If they don't if I don't like it, I won't watch it. but I, I feel so I feel like we have our Xena, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing can ever take that away from us. nothing ever can ever take away original Xena. and I feel like um one of the biggest factors. That, that made that show what it was and that touched people's hearts was really the chemistry between Lucy and Renee. There were so much that wasn't scripted, their facial expressions and their body language and their interactions, that that that's going to be very difficult to duplicate, I think. So I think whatever we get, if we get it, is going to be very different from what we had. Um, it's a very different time. Shows are more driven by special effects and action scenes and i i don't know if the story would be as deep as it got Mm -hmm. um do you think but i
3: don't i don't know if we'll even get it do you think we'll get ever okay i'll never say never to anything ever again in my life but do you think we'll get a movie like a little wrap-up movie with the two of them
1: it would be nice uh, well let me caveat it would be nice if the right people are involved in producing it mm-hmm. i would want to see i would definitely want to see rob tappert still on board i would not want to see some stranger come in and try to do that right um you know maybe have a a little short movie where we have some flashbacks where they bring xena back to life and then we've got Zena and gabrielle passing the torch to somebody else that's not named Zena and gabrielle mm-hmm. um or maybe there could be some hero rise up and decide to call herself Xena in honor of Xena. But I just don't think it's going to look anything like what our show did, Mm -hmm. our Xena did. And I think it's going to be really hard to please the original Xena fans. True. Um, I mean, I'm, but like I said, I'm kind of Switzerland. I really, if they do it great, if they don't, great. You're fine (laughs) with where, yeah. 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 I think it's going to live on um, in DVD and, and, and streaming for a long time because you know people are looking constantly looking for content mm-hmm. people are kind constantly looking for lesbian content and even though the show never officially established them my gosh by the end of the sixth season could you not see it any other way it's pretty um, nice. yeah so i feel like people still look for it it's it's timeless because it's not it's not set in a, a more modern era like, like I love Buffy, but at some point people are going to go back to me watching Buffy and say, "Oh, they didn't even have cell phones." Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, dated, true. Um, so I, I think it's going to be pretty a pretty timeless show for people to keep coming back to, and hmm. um, and just because of the history and the way it's impacted everything else that came after, I think it'll live on for a while. I, don't, I mean, I don't know it, if it'll still be around fifty years from now, but
2: the f- um, the fandom's still pretty active. We have the Z
3: Retreat, and we have oh yeah, the Z Retreat.
1: Yeah, yeah, the retreat is great. That's a fun time.
3: Yeah, we, yeah. we talked to Penny. We've talked to her a couple of times about it. I,
1: I, we- I listened to that one. I really liked that, <laughs> that show. That was a good show.
3: Well, we'll be out there. We'll be seeing you out there. We're going to come out cool. to the retreat. We'll see you. Are you coming to the convention, Linda?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: We'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, Zena's <laughs> not going anywhere. I mean, it's still alive It's conventions. It's the retreat. We finally got a Pop Funko. Now they just need to make... Uh, I want to see the Zena versus Hercules Pop Funko sales, honestly.
1: Hmm. did they make that or did they go ahead and make that i know they were playing youtube but i haven't seen it make what the hercules funko uh i haven't seen i it don't yet. know i haven't really followed up with it <laughs> <laughs> i just
3: ordered my Zena. Okay. i, was, just, I yeah. was good you know what i think they did because i feel like i saw it at the pop funko store in hollywood oh, cool. i yeah. think i may have seen him i don't remember they just need to make gabrielle come on sure yeah they need come to on. make gabrielle for they sure need to, they and need to maybe aries Oh yeah, I would be happy with Kalisto. They yeah. just maybe maybe if Zeno, come on, <laughs> sure, yeah. why not? Fine. Aphrodite, I Aphrodite would be a Aphrodite. Yeah, there's would be a whole hilarious. market yeah. there. So yeah, Zena's not going anywhere. It's you never know what's going to come of it. Um, you know, we've got the conventions. Never, never say never. So, but Linda, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on our little podcast. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and um well thank we you will, i really
1: enjoyed it well we'll post
3: uh the link to your site and uh definitely are you going to be posting notices there as far as like uh, your like you say your future plans with books and your self-publishing
1: yeah i i need to go tidy up that blog i haven't done anything okay. in a while. but um yeah and and i'll definitely you know when the, when the podcast comes out i'll put it up on twitter and, and stuff so people know about it okay
2: no, thanks and so, when, you, yeah. when you are about to launch your uh publishing Company, can you will you come back and you can tell us uh, what we? Can oh, sure. Yeah, that'll be
1: probably sometime into next year. But I'd, yeah, I definitely love to come back and talk about that.
3: Great, love to have you back. All right. Well, thank you, Linda. We will say goodbye now. And and um, good talking to you. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> you yes, we miss you. We hope to come visit soon, or you come out here. But all right. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Um, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, guys. It was fun.
2: Well, there you go. Another good. fanfic writer,
3: longtime friend, awesome, Linda fellow Texan and Texas fan. Whoop. Yeah, <laughs> she went to Welcome. the University of Texas, but I forgive her. For that. <laughs> I went to the rival school. It's all good. But yes, yeah, so definitely a good longtime friend. Go check out her her fiction. So, did you learn something new about your friend? I did. I did. You always learn new things about your friends. Sure. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, that was. I, I do love that point she that she made. It's like less inspired to write fanfic for shows where it's all laid out for you there's nothing to like it doesn't spark your imagination to like i want to fill in the blanks because i see something there that they're not showing me right and i want to i want to see where the story goes in my own mind because yeah. that's where a lot of it starts like you the characters like it just makes you curious about what they're doing with it, that they're not showing and you you're so you know taken by these characters that you fill in the gaps in your brain and then some people actually have the talent to write it down and, and other people read it yeah, exactly. and like it God bless so, those people but <laughs> yeah if you're just watching it's like well I've seen every part of them I need to see uh, there's nothing to, to think about I, I don't think there's a lot no. of below the mouth well, fan fiction <laughs> out there maybe I mean, but you know there's yeah there's some things that, I mean, they some they don't things show. too <laughs> yeah well the, I, and again I know there's definitely fan fiction for characters that have but it's interesting that's you know at least some people's take is mm-hmm. no they what I need to see it makes sense though I totally it does make it. sense. As yeah. not a writer, I you know I'm fascinated with whatever goes into that process for the, for them. So, but anyway, and we got to cover some timely topics. Yes. That Hallmark, we're gonna keep an eye on that. I think that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, so. and it's funny. I mean, to because uh, I always
2: have to bring this back to Winona Earp. Uh, so Tim <laughs> Tim Razan was mm-hmm. just on that Hallmark right Hollywood movie. He's he's showing his support for the uh, the queer community, and Kat Burrell has been filming. A, a, a TV show for Hallmark for the past four months. Oh. So she's also speaking out about it. So um, yeah, I don't think this is going anywhere. And I, I, I really, I think there's more to come. I feel like Hallmark has to do something either, either way they have to make an official statement.
3: Honestly, where, like, where do you
2: stand Hallmark?
3: I was kind of surprised that they'd gotten away with, I mean, they're the the movies, which I enjoy. I'm not saying I don't enjoy their, their Christmas movies, but they're all straight white people. Sure, And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll have a token, you know, minority character. Or you know other race or yeah I don't I can't I can't also remember seeing like a, a gay character anywhere even in the the sides you know mm-hmm. the outskirts of a one of the cast but um but yeah I always thought I'm surprised they haven't received backlash yet for it all just being straight white people right and now now it's here yeah now it's right there. Like, now, now they're dealing with it exactly so.
2: it's it's come come right into their face so now they have to make. They really do. They have to. They have to make statements.
3: And the actors are in a tough spot, especially you know if you've already been in something or you've sure. already signed to film something or you you know, and or it's,
2: if you're a member of the crew. Like how yeah, there must yeah. be so many people, queer people who work on those shows. Mm-hmm. There must be. It's just a, it's a numbers game, right? So how how do those people feel this yeah. morning? And you know, <laughs> and
3: it's all business. It's all it's it's I'm and there. God knows how many gay people work for Hallmark. You know, it's not. I don't think it's like necessarily a stance of like, oh no, we're against it. It's like, well. We don't want to offend the group that's going to cost us advertisers, money, viewers. I don't know. I'd be pissed yeah, then At what point I, does it yeah. become
0: some kind of discriminate, workplace discrimination if, yeah. you're not, if you refuse, if you're somehow saying we that you s- agree with a group that yeah. sees what those two people are doing as wrong right. and immoral, that we are agreeing with them to the point of that we're going to take it off
3: for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, and they've avoided but just not talking about you're it. And now employed with us, yeah. and
0: now we've made you feel very uncomfortable oh. because of that.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, now no. it's become an issue. So,
2: yeah, hot button topic, guys. <laughs> We're doing the hard hitting
3: stuff next people, week. People you know, come to us for news. You know what news they're going to get next week? <laughs> What's that? Freaking Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's just going to. We're be taking an, a hard right mm-hmm. turn. <laughs> it's just going to be an hour next week of us be going. Oh my god! And then that day, and that <laughs> other guy. Yeah. I hope that's we will have all seen people. it. We will have all seen it at least mm-hmm. once. Yeah, <laughs> maybe more. It's exciting. So, but yeah, no, it's a it was a very very fun hour talking to Linda. Yeah, it was great. Good, good. You know, good chat. I miss her. She's my buddy. Mm-hmm. So, so where can if you'd like to weigh in on Hallmark or fanfic in general, or well, just anything you'd like to share with at us? She Nerds
0: Out podcast, and also at She Nerds Out podcast on Facebook.
3: Twitter, Snot Podcast, SNO Podcast. one D.
2: And you can yeah. send us an email at uh, she nerdsout at gmail.com.
3: Well, on that note, till next time, She Nerds Out. out. She Nerds Out. We're girls that like girls that like nerdy
0: things.